children who have experienced the loss of a parent, either because of death or divorce, have experienced some level of trauma as a result of that loss. Steve Arterburn says if those kids become a part of a new blended family, they don't need a new stepdad to be a drill sergeant. I know all these guys that come in. These Look, these kids will respect me. I will discipline them. They will obey me. And it's so much uh, more about trying to build a bond and a connection in the midst of the horror that they've gone through than getting something from them that they should never have to give reluctantly. This is Family Life Today. Our host is Dennis Rainey. I'm Bob Lapine. If you're in a blended family, have you thought strategically about what your stepchildren need from you? We're going to spend time talking about that today with our guests, Steve and Misty Arterburn, and with Ron Deal. Stay tuned. And welcome to Family Life Today. Thanks for joining us. We're talking about uh, one of those challenging areas in life when a couple starts a new marriage where both of them have been previously married and they bring children into that relationship. That, for a lot of couples, is uh, an unexpected kind of a blindside, oh, I didn't know this was, oh, I didn't, oh, oh, you know, it kind of, I do. It, it's a wake-up call for a lot of couples. It really is. And uh, joining us in the studio today to give us a perspective about that is Ron Deal. And uh, his perspective counts because he's been in this uh, this area for over over three decades, right, Ron? Uh, am I that old? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry yeah. to break it to you. But I guess, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Ron Ron heads up Family Life Blended. Uh, he's also joined by Steve and Misty Arterburn, all the way from Indiana. Thanks for coming down and Great. visiting us. Glad Great to, to have you. Thank, Thank you. you. And any radio listeners who think, is this New Life Live? No, it's Family Life Today, <laughs> at least for the next uh, 30 minutes, and then we might get to New Life Live later on today. Thank you. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Steve is uh, a pastor at Northview in uh, Carmel, Indiana. That's right. Great ministry, a church that has how many people attending every Sunday? I think around 10,000, and uh, three campuses are in prisons. We mm. just love ministering to those prisoners. That's yeah. great. That's great. You and Misty have authored several books together, and uh, we want to talk about what uh, Bob was mentioning at the outset about how blended families function, especially around parenting. Yeah, it's mm. one thing for a uh, uh, couple who have met following both of you were involved in a divorce you were both sinned against your church got involved and yep. and helped you in the process of all of this you you met a while after you had the divorce you dated for a, a period of time right uh, you fell in love you said we're going to get married you had two kids Steve you had a daughter as you thought about remarriage were you anticipating this could get tricky with kids? We, we didn't think it would be tricky. We knew that if it wasn't uh, done well and right, if we didn't prepare before the marriage, that it was just going to end up, uh, it had a good chance that the kids would cause another divorce or the way we were handling those. And so I was very impressed with her mothering. I I just it was I was blown away by the way she mothered. She had these little boys. By the time they were seven, they'd gone through the Chronicles of Narnia and mm. the whole Bible and all this stuff, and they had a foundation. And I was just thrilled that that was the kind of mothering she had done in the wake of divorce. Were you worried, Misty, about this the blending of families and and being parents together? I was terrified 
I was I was terrified. <laughs> I, I I just don't take it lightly. Uh, those are my boys, and and their well being was just the highest aim. And I was trying to make sure that I was healthy, so, and that they could be healthy. And I didn't want to risk. Mm-hmm. So that's we were, that was what yeah, I wanted to ask you. Yeah. Was it hard to trust again? Yes. Very, very hard. You, you go through a train wreck like that, and and there's debris and carnage, and you don't want to experience that again. So it, it was it was uh, very sobering to go through that, and I, I tried to keep my eyes very wide open walking into a new relationship. And you want to protect your kids because they trusted too, huh? Yeah. Well, my daughter was kind of everything to me at that point, and I, I was not going to expose her to somebody that— you know, would love her for a little while and then we'd break up and it would be over. So it was a long time before we got the kids together. But I felt like if she could mother those boys the way she did, she could sure be a great uh, bonus mother to my daughter. Now, we're going to talk about parenting and step parenting here in a minute. But to set that up, we have to continue with what you guys have just talked about. To be able to trust one another as husband and wife when you're also holding so tightly to your children and then trying to figure out how do I merge my heart with another adult and with their kids, there's a lot of stuff in that to consider. And at the end of the day, if that marital merger doesn't go well, there's no way your parenting merger can go well. Talk to us around that journey for you. Well, it's a lot of plates spinning all at once. Mm. It's not linear. It'd be great if we could just, you know, address one thing at a time, but there are so many things happening at any given moment. And so I just try to take one day at a time. Mm. Just keep it simple. Just do the next right thing. And eventually all those pieces unfold and you get presented with the next challenge and just a constant state of of, uh, surrender to God and His ultimate will and not grasping onto what I think I want and trying to force my life into a certain container so that it'll look the way that I want, but truly surrendering to let it unfold over time and slow down and the answers come. I knew something uh, as a single man and I forgot it after we got married, Hmm. but if I didn't have sex with her, if I wanted her to trust me more than I wanted her to have sex with me as a single, that she would trust me after we got married. Mm-hmm. Now, after we got married, I didn't stick with that. I would, I'd make the goal, hey, well, let's, mm-hmm. let's be intimate together. But it has been a glaring lesson that even in marriage, the goal is, wait, it's not mm-hmm. to be sexually intimate. It is to build that trust so that she wants to be intimate. But it began in dating, and I think, I mean, she said to me many times what that meant to her that I didn't want to take from her. Now I know why you guys were attracted to each other, because there's so much character in what you just said. There's so much self-discipline in that, the surrendering to God, not organizing your life and making it work the way you wanted it to restore some fantasy that was lost in the, from the previous relationship. or what. No, 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 no. You took it a day at a time. You listened to God. You made Him the priority. You made choices about purity mm-hmm. on behalf of your relationship with God. That's how you begin to nurture and find clarity. I, I, that's what I want our listeners to hear. That's the process you you undertake to find clarity about a new relationship. And then when it does happen, you really get a running, running mm-hmm. start. Okay, so let me jump into year one of the marriage. Yeah. All right. It's now Steve and Misty Arterburn and their three kids. Right. How'd that go? 
All hell broke loose. Yes. <laughs> We've heard okay. that before on so, this program. No, You're truly, not the only ones. Please it, know that. It was as if a bomb went off. It was. I think what happens is you eat the wedding cake. We joke about don't eat the wedding cake <laughs> because there's something in it that, you know, all of a sudden the deal's done and all the fear just skyrockets. Mm. Because now we have to make it work. And all the, um, you know, what have I just gotten myself into? And when the first problems arise, it's just I need the other person to come through. And so I think just the intensity of the first year and you're scared and you're trying to do it and you're trying to take care of the kids. And and it is all these um, components well, all at the same time. And I would say that all hell did break loose. But because we had counselors with us, we got it tied back together. Oh, yeah. And yeah. and the, the, the thing that we went into that I made sure of, I didn't ever want to be abandoned again. There were no safety nets. There was mm-hmm. no, well, you know, if this doesn't or, or whatever. No, this was going to have to be. I had to know that she would commit forever and and talk about a covenant yes and so we did have that we worked through (laughs) the hot stuff and got to the other side of it and that was the blessing it's so good when couples can say we've settled the issue that we're together so now we got to fix it that's right rather than oh maybe we could just jettison and try again no i've I've used this analogy i said if i told you today the the car that you have today that's the only one you'll have for the rest of your life you'd do two things you'd take better care of your car Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the second thing is when it breaks down, you'd go get it fixed yes. because it's the only car you got. Mm-hmm. And if we'd approach our marriage with, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to take better care of it. And when it breaks down, I'm going to mm-hmm. go get it fixed because this is all I got. Mm-hmm. That's the posture we ought to be in. Mm-hmm. And it's so important in step families that that question gets settled when you walk down the aisle. Because mm-hmm. if there is a back door, if there's a, wait a minute, my mm-hmm. kids are suffering. I think I need to protect them over me. Mm-hmm. Then the marriage is going to unravel. Mm-hmm. It's going to yeah. fall apart. So this is absolutely the first foundation to doing good step parenting. Yeah. Okay, I want to go back to year one where Bob had us a few moments ago. In the midst of uh, all hell breaking loose, mm-hmm. what I want to know is which one of you had the highest unreal expectations about being parents in a blended family? Who do you think had the higher expectations? I don't know if it was expectation or just desperation. We desperate. I desperately wanted my boys to have a stable man father figure in their lives he desperately wanted me to be able to be a mother to madeline it's kind of mutual in our desire but that was one thing that we really kind of got right in the midst of all of the the difficulty of getting used to each other we we approached step parenting in a different way than we had ever heard about or taught and we're so grateful that we did Mm. Yeah, well, one of the things you talk about is coming in as being a benevolent uncle or aunt as yeah. opposed to instant authority in the kids' lives. That had to help, especially in terms of this desperation you were feeling about the other and what role they would play in your kids' lives. Mm-hmm. That had to help when you saw that softness. Uh, mm-hmm. Talk to me about benevolent mm-hmm. uncle or aunt. What does that look like? Well, I just wanted to add to their lives, and I— I wanted to earn respect, and I wanted them to enjoy being with me, mm. and I wanted to do some things that they weren't expecting me to do. So one night, I think Carter was probably 11 or 12, and particularly cranky at the in the kitchen. We were getting ready for dinner, and, and it, it was really getting out of hand. And so my instinct was to say, hey, you can go eat dinner in your room. You know, get a plate and head on up to my son— Steve chimed in and he said, or 
you could roll a raw egg across the kitchen floor with your nose, the full length of the kitchen floor. You get to choose. <laughs> and instantly, the climate changed, and my son said, all right, I'll, I'll roll an egg across the floor. And we have this unbelievably treasured video of him oh, rolling with his nose. Good. And we were laughing, and, and it just shifted. So there was an instance where I was sort of coming down on top, but Steve so wisely just came in, brought playfulness and, and uh, love and laughter. But I was, not, I was not the primary uh, disciplinarian with them. She no, was, that's right. and then I supported her, and the same with my daughter. And I know all these guys that come in. These, look, these kids will respect me. Mm. I will discipline them. They will obey me. And it's so much uh, more about trying to build a bond and a connection in the midst of the whole that they've gone through than getting something from them that they should never have to give reluctantly. But weren't there moments in that process where you were like, hey, wait, this is just basic disrespect for a grown-up. You're not going to talk to me that way. Well, Mm -hmm. I got to tell you, because she had parented them, I I never really felt that way. I, I was very fortunate. I know other people might feel that way. But I, I did have a connection with those boys from the beginning because I was just fun to be with in the beginning. And then I became more of the parent. He did put a lot of time and energy into building a connection. So they were very open and, and, and willing to hear his input on things. Steve is so good about just gentility. He just, even as a man, a strong man, to be able to say, hey, Carter, hey, James, what's going on? You know, and so it's not about being offended mm. as the parent. You know, yes, it was disrespectful. Hey, that's really disrespectful. Mm. What's going on? Tell me what's happening. One of the principles you've talked about is that step parents need to do a lot more listening than they do talking, right? Yeah, and and you you're out there talking to be known because I'm the new kid on the block. I'm the I'm the leader here. Well, why don't why why don't you listen mm. to know them? Well, then if you do that, they're going to know you've got a heart for them, and they'll trust you. Right. And and to this day, I mean, when I get a text from James, oh, it makes a tear. And he, he's, uh, you know, he's asking for my advice. I just mm. think you, wow. you just that's don't a know gift. what that's worth that's mm-hmm. a gift. for a college student yeah. to be asking me for advice. Yeah, it's just pretty special. That's yeah. beautiful. I, I, I hope every pastor listening to us right now is hearing what you're saying because often they're the ones who are guilty of telling a step-parent, step in there and be the dad. Yeah. And what you're saying has so much wisdom in it. Uh, we're not doing them a favor when we give that advice to people. You're saying, I supported my wife as the parent to her children, and I came alongside her as a benevolent uncle to those children, and I listened, and I played, and I gained their trust and their respect, and eventually I became the guy they text and ask for advice. That's the process. That's a beautiful picture. I got to just throw this in there. Steve has spoken at our Summit on Step Family Ministry that we sponsor here at Family Life every year. And that's one of the things we do there is educate pastors and and, uh, lay leaders about how they can minister well to step families in their church and community. And that's a good place to really learn these intricacies of blended family life so that you become an asset rather than a liability to families. And and Steve, just comment on what he said, because you're a pastor yeah. of a local church, how the church can benefit from being trained and better understanding where step families are and how they can relate to one another. Well, uh, I go back to Jeremiah 6.14. It says, They treat the deep wounds of my people 
with superficial treatments. And that is something that every pastor needs to memorize because the issues of step parenting and step families are so intricate. And you really do need to not try to throw out these band-aid kind of answers. And and you really need to look at, I mean, Ron has spent a lifetime of delving into this to try to come up with the, the true truth about this. And I just hope and pray that you would take a second look at everything you ever said about step parenting and step families and be sure that you're being helpful and not hurtful. It sounds like you guys were pretty well prepared for the the shared parenting journey that you were stepping into. As you look back, if you could have one do-over in, in how you began the process of step parenting, what would your do-over be? <laughs> yes, there's a night that I remember. And uh, it was, I... I I got offended by Madeline, and I really think that it wasn't helpful for me to be offended. I think the highest aim is connection, and correction must submit to connection. That's the first thing. Then once there's a connection and safety, the correction is welcome and effective. Hang on. Ron's writing that down. Oh, yeah. (laughs) We got to unpack that because that is beautiful. And it's absolutely on target, but we got to flesh that out for people because that's so hard. Like, we want obedience now, right? That we want it good behavior. We want everybody who's watching us in the store with our kids to go, oh, you must be a fabulous parent because look at how your child is behaving. And when obedience is the priority, then you you stop being able to connect, in particular as a step-parent. So how do you slow yourself down as a stepmom? How did you slow yourself down to go, you know what, connection is the priority here? Well, I think it it started with the the healing processes that we went through that we we fall short of the glory of God. And here are these children. They've You mean children fall short of the glory of God too? No, <laughs> it's hard to believe. I, okay, hard to maybe believe. you're right about that. I don't know. <laughs> but they're doing the best they can. Here they're in this new situation. They're trying to make sense of their lives. They're trying to grow up. They don't know everything. Mm. They don't have everything. Maybe they maybe they had too much sugar today. <laughs> and it has nothing to do with defiance mm. and rebellion. Maybe they didn't get enough sleep last night. Maybe it's a very basic need. Do I have compassion or not? If my child is misbehaving or doing things that aren't pleasing to me, well, What's it about? What's the underlying issue? Jesus was so, he was on the earth and and today (laughs) with us is about compassion and the underlying issues. So if I can get secure in my attachment with God and stable, I can handle anything that those kids throw at me, and I'm going to come at a, uh, from a vulnerable position reaching out for them. Now, I just have to say this. She talks about breaking connection and being more interested in correction. And one of the things that we talk about in bonus parenting is don't be the step-parent that, that's always right. Be the bonus parent who humbly and willingly admits mistakes and makes amends. So last night when I'm telling Madeline we're going to come talk about this experience, I say, so what is it that Misty did so well with you? She says, connection and communication. Now, why does she say that mm. all these years later? Because Misty didn't stay there. She made amends. She she came after her from a humble perspective after realizing that that didn't go too well. Yeah. And that's what the step parent is so afraid to do that they're gonna that they're gonna never be viewed as as a great person. Well, actually, you're gonna be viewed as a as a very great person when you're humble. And and we.
we make things mean something about us when really it's about this child yeah, and, and what they're right. trying. There's some skill that they don't have to cope with their situation. And my job and privilege as the mother is to help them figure out what skill they need mm. to handle that situation. I just got to add one more thought to this. Um, just this morning, we were recording another Family Life Blended radio feature, and I was talking about putting on thick skin. And it, it, it's a hard thing to say, but sometimes step-parents, you just got to put on your thick skin. As you yeah. said, not everything is about you. Sometimes it's about sugar, you know. <laughs> and sometimes it is about the past, and kids do have hurts and wounds on their heart, and they act out just like the rest of us do. It still doesn't mean that it's a rejection of you. It doesn't mean that your life is over. It, it, let that bullet bounce a little bit. Yeah. Ask God to give you the strength and courage to bear up under it. Find a way to put on compassion in that moment, and you'll probably find that the kid softens and you soften and you move past it. I, I want to find out about a do-over for you, Steve. If you could go back to the first year or two and have mm-hmm. a do-over, can you think of something? Well, I, I think it was uh, being uh, gone too much and traveling too much versus saying, uh, you know what, I, I need to carve out this time and spend more time with them. Uh, I think that would have been really valuable. Blending takes yeah. time and intentionality and effort. You can't just think, oh, this will happen, right? No, that's right. And and it's, um, it's not easy, but uh, the rewards later, you go, I, I thought that these boys were an obligation that I had to fulfill hmm. to be married to Misty. They are two of the greatest blessings in my life. Hmm. Sometimes it's good to go out to the end of a matter and just be reminded of uh, the big picture, and that's what— uh, the book of First Peter does in chapter 4, it says this, The end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be self-controlled mm. and sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, mm. since love covers a multitude of sins. Mm. Now, that's true of a blended family mm-hmm. and... True at our house. Yeah. My house as well. <laughs> should, yeah. I'm just telling you, some listeners today need to be reminded, love covers a multitude of sin. And I think Misty demonstrated the attitude mm-hmm. repeatedly this week on the broadcast, talking about humbling down, yep. Yep. bending your will toward the God of the universe and say, God, I was wrong. Mm-hmm. And then stepping back up, not wallowing in your mistake and reliving it and blaming and shaming yourself, but instead go, you know what? I want to use that as a tool toward learning and growing as a follower of Christ. And I'm going to step back up and I'm going to love Mm. because God first loved me. Misty, Steve, thanks for uh, modeling these. Not perfectly. No. I'm not going to set you up for failure there. (laughs) But thank you for... uh, being open and honest and sharing, you know, your love for Christ, but also your love for one another. And I just have to say to you, Misty, the listener doesn't know it, but occasionally we'll have a we'll have a guest come in, Bob, <laughs> who says, "Now this is not really my thing." Yeah, right. right. <laughs> I wish I just wish our listeners could have seen Misty. She was reaching over, grasping Steve's arm, 
saying, stop talking so I can start talking. I got something to say here. I got Step more. aside. I got husband. more. <laughs> Thanks for being on the broadcast, Misty. Steve, we may invite you back again. Uh, thank you. Uh, I'm thinking folks may get a chance to see this dynamic live when you guys are a part of the upcoming Blended and Blessed one-day live stream event that's going to be happening on Saturday, April 21st. That's just a couple of weeks away. And Hopefully, our listeners are already planning to do this in their local church, or they're inviting friends over to to uh, watch the live stream in their living room. Or if you live in Charlotte, maybe you're planning to come out to where the event is going to be hosted live. Ron Deal, Dr. Rick Rigsby, Michelle Cushette, Bill Butterworth, and Stephen Misty Arterburn are going to be speaking that day, and it's going to be available worldwide on the internet. You can find out more about how you can host one of these events in your local church or where a local church is already hosting one of these in your community so you can attend, or you can have the live stream in your home and invite others in to watch it with you. Find out more at familylifetoday.com. Again, we're talking about the 2018 Blended and Blessed one-day live stream event, Saturday, April 21st. Find out more at familylifetoday.com and plan to join us for that day. We think this is going to be a great equipping day for couples who are in a blended marriage, a blended family, and uh, want that relationship to be solid and one that honors the Lord. Now, this weekend, we've got couples in eight cities across the country who are going to be joining us for a weekend to remember marriage getaway. We hope you'll pray for these couples. We've got getaways happening in Indianapolis, Jacksonville, Florida, Lake Tahoe, Little Rock, Newport, Rhode Island, Omaha, Nebraska, Seattle, Washington, actually out in Bellevue, and in Washington, D.C. There will be thousands of couples taking part in a getaway this weekend, including pastors and their spouses who will be attending And they'll be attending as our guests. We've covered the registration costs for these pastors. Actually, you've covered the registration costs because those of you who are donors to Family Life Today, you have helped us fill up a scholarship fund so that we can provide scholarships for pastors and spouses. You may want to let your pastor know about that and urge him to take a weekend away with his wife and pour into his marriage. And if you'd like to make sure pastors and spouses can continue to attend a getaway, you can help make that happen. Our scholarship fund is starting to deplete, so we're asking listeners to make a contribution to the Family Life Pastor Scholarship Fund. You can contribute online at familylifetoday.com or you can call 1-800-FL-TODAY. If you designate your giving, it will all go to the Pastor Scholarship Fund. Or if you'd like to leave your gift undesignated, it will go to help support the cost of producing and syndicating this daily radio program. Thanks for your partnership with this ministry and on behalf of pastors and their spouses. Thank you for making it possible for them to attend a Weekend to Remember Marriage getaway. And we hope you have a great weekend. In fact, we hope you and your family are able to worship together this weekend in your local church. And we hope you can join us back on Monday when we're going to be talking about the unique relationship that exists between mothers and sons and how moms need to learn that what their sons need more than love is respect. Emerson Egrich will be here to help us understand that. Hope you can tune in as well. I want to thank our engineer today, Keith Lynch, along with our entire broadcast production team. On behalf of our host, Dennis Rainey, I'm Bob Lapine. We'll see you back next time for another edition of Family Life Today. 
Family Life Today is a production of Family Life of Little Rock, Arkansas, a crew ministry. Help for today. Hope for tomorrow.